When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby option far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sits a tackle 25 20 15 10 5 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on Church of the Corn. Before we get into our awesome interview tonight, a uh, real quick read from our sponsor, the Supernovas. Uh, secure your single match and season tickets at supernova.com. Supernovas.com. Can't read, apparently. Uh, the Supernovas roster includes Olympians, NCAA national champions, and All-Americans. Witness world-class talent and a fan experience. The second to none when the Supernovas next match, February 3rd against uh, San Diego at the chai at uh, 6 p.m cst uh join the volleyball movement sweeping across the country see your omaha or see your major league volleyball team the omaha supernovas damn it i cannot read boys what's going on drake chiron how are we doing tonight gentlemen good man how are you guys? doing good uh living the dream uh if you want i i can do the read moving forward uh if you're gonna struggle like that you know <laughs> Fuck you, number one, and fuck you, number two. I think but, I think it's just hurting our, our sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> well, that's that's the way it goes. You put a guy that looks like me in charge of reading shit, and what do you expect to happen? Uh, yeah, it, it gets it gets red good. I, I think <laughs> I think you did a good job. Yeah, I Bill appreciate it. Bill Adam, Kyron. Hey, well, uh, let's let's start with this. Uh, what do you think of the first game today, Kyron? Um. Man, it's crazy that that Baltimore's offense just disappeared like that. I mean, with with Coach Dub over there with those receivers, like, because I know Dub and I know how he develops dudes. Um, kind of how we were talking, you know, before before we went live. Um, it's just surprising that that offense just disappeared the way that it did, you know. So, but I mean, I, I guess you got to give a lot of credit to the Kansas City defense. I know a couple of those dudes over there are friends of mine. Um, Justin Reed, a friend of mine. Um, I mean, they 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 did their thing today. They did a great job. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, I was shocked at how they kept uh, they kept Lamar in check all game long. 
didn't yeah. let him take any deep shots. Uh, you know, Zay Flowers had had a couple moments, but I, w- I was shocked. Um, I thought Lamar would have played a little bit better. Now, unfortunately, he's got that that gorilla on his back uh, for right. one more year. I mean, and it's packed over there. I mean, you got Herbert over there. You got just you got uh, Josh Allen over there. You got Joe Burrow over there. Like, it's gonna be like this for the next few years, you know. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a packed it's a packed house over there. Yeah, the AFC is not getting any lighter anytime soon, and they're all young no. too, which is crazy. Yeah, my Patriots are probably gonna draft <laughs> Jaden Williams out of uh or Jaden. <laughs> Jaden Daniels out of LSU, so we'll actually have a quarterback not named Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, hopefully, uh, going into next year. Uh, got a new coach, so uh, I think I'm excited about what's going on in New England. I don't really know right now, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Kyron, give us an update on what, what's going on with you. you you've you been in the UFL a little bit. What what was your journey like getting there after Nebraska? Like, Just update the fans on your, on your journey post-Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, so man, I graduated in in 2018. So I mean, I've been out for a while. Um, I've only had two full professional seasons. My first one was with the AAF. And then after that, I went to the CFL, went up to Canada. And then, you know, we had the whole COVID and everything that happened with that. And then when I came back, I signed a two year deal with the USFL. And so I played eight games there. Uh, with Jeff Fisher and those guys, Coach Jeff Fisher, he's a great dude. Um, unfortunately, I ended up uh, hurting myself, tearing my leg room, and so I had to take a year off. And so now um, I'm a free agent getting ready to get signed to this UFL, and I'm excited, man. Like, um, I'm a guy that, you know, when I get out there, I, I just I just do my thing. And I think the two seasons that I've been able to put together, my the last one before I got hurt, I mean, I had about, about 40-ish or so tackles and about – I think five starts. So average about nine tackles a game. So I think if I could just put together a full, you know, scale of work, I'll be able to get, get to where my goal is. That's on the NFL roster. So. Yeah. That, we're, we're pulling for you, man. I mean, uh, you, you remind me a lot of, of a good friend of mine who actually played safety in Nebraska, also from Louisiana, uh, PJ Smith, the, the way you guys played was, was very similar. And I always liked watching you play. So it was, we're we're pulling for you for sure. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. So I got a question because you played in Canada, right? The uh, Canadian yeah. football. Yep, is yep. the um is is the we'll say the lead up like the draft process is that similar to like the NFL or is it something completely different? Oh, uh, from. <laughs> For me, being an American, it's a little bit different. So being on defense and being an American, uh, they they have to have five Canadians at a time on the field at all times. So only seven players can be American. And one of those positions that is a Canadian position is the safety position. So when I went up there, I automatically was a nickel, and then I played some nickel and some corner. I didn't really play a lot of safety up there. So it's a different process in the NFL. They still have a draft, but their draft is strictly for their college athletes that are – Canadian-based college athletes. Gotcha. So they they have specific positions that have to be played by by Canadians too. For sure, for sure. Um, and what they'll do is like, let's say, like they have a Canadian that goes down. Instead of moving an American into that spot, they'll just bring in another Canadian. So okay. There's things that happen like that too, where you're like, "Oh, I'm the so next guy." Is it beneficial for you to get dual citizenship? Right, right. <laughs> then, then you see a dude walk in with some bags, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not next man up." <laughs> so. All right. Um, for those of us who are not very familiar with Canadian football, what's the deal with the goalpost being in in the middle of the end zone? Like, 
in the field of play. Man, that's a whole different game. I mean, a lot of teams even use it for, like, pick routes. Like, they'll completely have guys that just come across that thing, and if you're not looking, like, you'll knock yourself out. So it's <laughs> it's a whole different game, man. I mean, most teams up there, too, like, they don't play red zone defense, quote-unquote, because they're the end zone is, I want to say, like, 25, 30 yards deep. So they don't really play red zone. You just play regular defense, you know, once you, once you get to the, quote-unquote, red zone. So interesting. Yeah, I've I've watched a little Canadian football usually in the uh, times when there's no American football on, so it's it just gives you something to watch at least all year round. Yeah. Um, with you the, know what uh, I miss growing up, I miss I really do miss NFL Europe. Oh yeah, yeah, like the those were the teams that were on Madden. When, yep. when yeah, they, when they had Team Echo on Madden. Yep. Yeah, and all the players had like multiple NFL team stickers on their helmets. They were like pride stickers, or I, I don't, I never knew what those stickers meant. Like, were you an undrafted free agent for them at one point? I don't know, but right. that that was always fun football for me in, in the original XFL. But yeah, for sure. Well, let's make a little uh, transition into uh, some Nebraska football. Um, you know, obviously, uh, head coach Matt Rule, brand new head coach this last year, uh, taking over for Scott Frost. They ended up going five and seven on the season, um, you know, down the stretch was not particularly uh, fruitful as far as wins go. Um, what's uh, Kyron, what are some of your thoughts on kind of the program, where things sit? Um, you've been, I, I won't say you've been outspoken, but, you know, you've been you've been kind of verbal about the state of the program and different things going on and being we'll a former black shirt. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, being a former black shirt, we'd, we'd love to hear. What's uh what's your kind of read on the program? Oh, well, man, I, I really think that we're I think we're in a great space. I just think we need some more to player development. I would love to see our assistants grow. Um, and if they can't grow, be replaced. Um, I think when you look at a guy like a Matt Rule, he's a great leader, right? He's a great voice. Um, but if you want to develop these guys, you want to develop these players, it starts in the position rooms. Um, I think us being the last team, 2016, to go to a bowl game and, and you know, do pretty well. I think we had about, I think, 13 interceptions that year. We played really well, but it's because we had guys like Dante Williams. We had John Perella on the D-line. We had uh, Trent Bray with the linebackers. We had Keith Williams with the receivers, right? So these are all guys that are, you know, Dante's at Georgia now. Trent Bray's the head coach at Oregon State. Um, you know, Keith Williams is the receivers coach at the Ravens, right? I think when you look at those guys and what they've been able to do, I mean, they're true developers. So um, we just got to get some guys in there to develop these guys. Um, and I'll, I'll – because I know, I know a lot of these young guys. I know Malachi, right? Um, I want Malachi to learn how to run a dig because that makes our offense more dynamic than when Malachi comes in and we know he's running a go route because he hasn't been developed to run a comeback or a dig or, you know, other routes. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're in a good space. We just got to get some player development. Yeah. I mean, from where I sit there, there appears to be more raw talent down there than there's been in a, in a while, at least since you guys were there, there, there might even be, more raw talent than when you guys were there. Like this last class was a really high recruiting class. Um, I think, I think a lot of the guys during your time came in a little bit more polished Um, to some, some extent. I thought, I think a lot of you guys came in a little bit tougher too. Um, And and just more ready to go. Some of that might've been your coaches at the time, obviously, you know, getting things ready to go sooner. 
um, especially your your one year under Bo. I mean, I know those those guys didn't take anything easy, right? No, yeah, no, Coach Bo wasn't taking no shit, man. Um, that's yeah. the one that I would say, like, if you weren't ready, you weren't ready. But if you were, he was going to throw you out there. And, I mean, like, even my freshman year, he let me start dying. Um, you know, I went out there and I was able, you know, to get my stripes in games, you know. So um, I appreciate a guy like Bo who um, is a no-nonsense dude and he's all about – the team, you know what I mean? He didn't necessarily care about the everything that was going on on the outside, all the outside noise. He cared about us as players. Like, if my tire went out, I could call Coach Bo when I was on the side of the road. He's a guy like that, you know? Let me let me ask you this, though, just kind of going back specifically to a guy like Malachi, but for a lot of those guys this last year, how much, how much more did it help you guys to have a continuity with the roster? And, you know, you weren't affected by the transfer portal with guys leaving. And there was always, you know, a group of guys there to show the new guys how to how to do it. I look at the wide receiver room. Yeah, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda was there for a little bit last year, but he was gone. Um, whole new staff coming in, and you really only had one guy, one receiver that was there last year, and Marcus Washington go down in like game five, and it was just basically throwing some transfers that didn't you know, they didn't have the Nebraska, they didn't know the Nebraska way, but then you also have just a bunch of young guys and they're all trying to figure it out themselves, especially with a first year receivers coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think continuity is everything, man. I mean, especially a guy like myself, I played probably uh, four defenses in five years when I was in college. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think continuity when the year that we played the same defense from my sophomore to my junior year I mean got you could see I mean we were number eight in the number eight in the country until we went in there at Ohio State and you know we had that duel with JT Barrett and those guys and unfortunately Tommy got hurt and so we lost that game and then we go to Wisconsin and we go down to a nail biter overtime we lose that one but I think when you look at that team and you look at the continuity we were going in the games confident like we weren't going into games like still learning the defense or still learning the offense like it was second nature at that point you know so um I think yeah continuity is everything and I think um, we didn't have to deal with the portal. I think the portal is a whole new monster, but I think the portal can be great too because mm-hmm. especially when you look at positions like the D-line, I think we should be fucking portal to death. Like, mm-hmm. um, I love that the portal is wild, wild west and it's all about money, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think Nebraska is short of money, so we shouldn't be short D-linemen. We shouldn't be short outside linebackers. We should – if we don't – we, let's call it spade a spade. It, it's about money. Nebraska pay for play. play. Let's be honest. It is what it is at this point. It's not pay for play. Right. Let's be Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. You know, let's, I mean, let's do it. We might as well. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I, I don't disagree. I, and maybe, maybe this is me being naive, Kyron, you can correct me here, but I feel like in, in ways, at least on the offensive side of the ball, the portal may have hurt us over years. And, you know, you're, 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 playing the portal game for quarterback for one, I rarely think a plug a, a quarterback coming out of the transfer portal immediately succeeds. Most of those guys are two years guys, but you lost a lot of your experienced contributors from Scott Frost last year, moving into Matt rules first year. Yeah. And for sure. For sure. For sure. I, it, it, it's not basketball. It's really hard to throw a bunch of guys together and get, get comfortable on the football field. I think yeah. defense defense is always ahead, right? In that aspect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh 
I think, like you said, for offense, it is it is it's different. It takes some time to get that to get that jail going. Um, I don't think we'll be back in the portal for a quarterback for a while. I think when you look at guys like Dan, you know, you look at dudes like Dylan, you look at dudes like Danny. Like I think we should be good there for a while. Um, so I think our our focus, man, should be developing these players that we currently have. And then if you can get a a, a six five dude on the outside or out of the portal. Go get them, you know. Um, but I think we should be focused on the development of the current guys that we have. And if you can go find a Randy Gregory, who I played with, who was a freak of nature, you go get Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kyron, you played for so you played for two different coaches. It was Coach Bo and it was Coach Riley. Um, you had three different defensive coordinators, though. I believe it was uh, Papuchas, Banker, and um, Diaco. Yeah. Three completely different kinds of kinds of defenses. Can you just talk about what that's like transitioning from one DC to another? Completely different kinds of of uh, we'll say temperaments, different things like that. What what's that like, man? Uh, to be honest, the JP to Banker wasn't as hard. Bank, I really liked Bank's defense because Bank let us play with our eyes on the quarterback. If you were on the, if you were a safety, so it was a little it's a little bit easier, a little bit more flow. Um, I like JP's defense because JP was very – and really it was Coach Bo. Coach Bo was in every single one of those meetings. JP was like a, a, a dope-ass mascot. Um, like, <laughs> your head. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like like Coach Bo was the one that was pretty much running the meetings and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, But, that, I mean, that defense was dope. And then uh, I, I wasn't very fond of Diaco's defense uh, because I felt like – it didn't use our talents as well. I feel like some of those games we went in trying to figure out how to stop them instead of saying, nah, fuck that, you're going to stop us. Absolutely. So that was my first time playing for a defense like that, which it can work, but it takes time to switch that, right? It's like I don't mm-hmm. think it just happens in one year. So I think that's why we saw some drop-off. Like I said, I think we my junior year had about 13, 14 interceptions to our senior year we might have had like six across the whole board. So – yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I've had this philosophy. I, I used to coach basketball and at the high school and college level. I've always had this philosophy, though, for at least up until the college level. Like, I want to be less worried about what the opponent's going to do, and I want to focus on what we're going to do and how to utilize it. And it, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're on board there, too. Is that is that pretty similar for players at that level? Yeah, I mean, because the fa- the the simpler it is, the faster I can play, right? So if if I'm out here doing a lot of thinking, then it's it's gonna be it's gonna be faster for me. The game's gonna be faster for me. But I also think too is it's not about being. For example, man, we played Saquon Barkley and those guys, and no shots to Diaco, but you could tell the man was definitely afraid because all we ran was cover three all game. I kid you not, bro. We ran two coverages as a college football collegiate team against another football collegiate team Damn. <laughs> it didn't make sense but I, I understood where he was coming from because he's like I have to have seven guys in the box at all times and that was one of those things where it's like nah well we could have six we could run too high we can make them throw the ball you know what I mean like there's different things that we could do and um yeah it's just it, it's crazy what, how a coordinator can affect your career and, and affect your playing style because you got to run what he calls so yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the things I, I was I was reading uh, an, an article that was kind of talking about you and fitting into Diaco's defense and maybe not so much of being a good fit. 
Um, you know, let's say if the transfer portal was around when you yeah, were, I would have left. That's that. See, that was going to be my question. Were you? Would you be out the door if the transfer portal <laughs> yeah. was around back then? Was it when Dianco came in, or would you have left after Bo? Bo was gone. Probably not after Bo because I had already transferred once. So I had came from the Air Force Academy first. So I had already like went through a year of not playing football to like finally getting. I think what I had four block punts my freshman year. So I'm finally getting the chance to play. And then my coach gets fired. So I'm like, uh, do I want to go sit out somewhere again? You know, because like I said, we didn't have the portal. I would have had to sit out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, going into my, from my junior year to my senior year, I would have probably peaced out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there, and that's, this, that's the thing I love. I love the transfer portal because it gives guys a, a chance to move around and, and it gives you guys the freedom that, that coaches have now, you know, you would have had the freedom too after Bo was fired too. Cause once your, your coach is gone, you the 30 you get day that. window. Yeah. But, a lot of dudes, did take the opportunity like i said for myself i had already transferred yes like it was like okay i can stay where i know i have a great fan base a great opportunity to play some primetime football games or i could go take chance on you know one of these schools who recruited me out of air force who you know probably not doing as well you know so Mm -hmm. so looking from afar what what are some of the bigger differences that you see from from the pre the last five years before this past season and just last season, like looking from afar, have had probably having contact with some of those guys to an extent. What what do you think the biggest differences were around the program with Frost and Rule? Um, player development. Uh, I just and like I didn't know a lot of those dudes over there with Frost. I only know the knew the DB coach, and now I can't even think of his name. And I think he did a great job of development, but um. Yeah, like I feel like both of those staff staffs have missed on the development side. Like I think we have a great defensive coordinator, a great head coach. I think we had both of those were great, even with Scott Frost, even though he's his own type of guy. Like we knew who the fuck he was before he even got here. Like he transferred while he was here. <laughs> like yeah. he came back, right? So like it shouldn't have been a surprise on what the type of guy he was. So that being said, like he's a great face. He was a great guy for it. But if you pay attention. We never had a great quarterbacks coach. We never really again after Coach Dub had another great receivers coach. And we were missing heavily on O-line and D-line. So that's where we lost the pipeline. And then we weren't able to get the ball out of quarterbacks' hands. I mean, quarterbacks sitting back there fucking 15 seconds to throw the ball, you know, so – Yeah, I mean, and and there's a couple positions where we've got some younger – and that's kind of the wild thing. Because you've got some younger assistant coaches on the defensive side as well as the offensive side of the ball. Why do you think the defensive side has been so much more successful with some pretty inexperienced coaches at all levels? Because defense only has four coverages. Cover two, cover four, cover three, man. And then you're going to blitz here and there. So defense is <laughs> defense is about the easiest thing you can do in football. I think offense, is, it's, it's a way bigger playbook, one. There's way more languages. There's hand signals. There's hurry up offense. There's red zone offense. There's two minute offense. Like it's a, it's a way bigger thing to have to you know engulf yourself in. So, uh, I think I mean defense. It just it comes easier because it's easier to install. You know, like first first day at camp, we usually have already installed pretty much everything that we're gonna run. You know, and then everything else is just you know Don't sugar on that. 
Yeah. Was there anybody on the defensive side of the ball this year that you were really impressed with? This past year? Uh, Omar. From, from a player like, standpoint. I like Omar. I like Omar. Omar's He's, a baller. He reminds me of myself because he go get he go get that ball. Um, Q, Q, because that's my little homie. Q was there when I was when I was still in Lincoln training here and there, so I would see him around. Um, and Polar Bear, Polar Bear, he's a dog. Yeah, bro. Nash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dog, bro. like him, him and the other kid, Hutma- uh, him and. Is it Hutmaker and what's the other guy? There's uh, Rob, yeah, you're thinking of Ty Robinson. The other yeah, one. Ty Robinson. Those two dudes, I mean, like, they're animals. I think their transformation from last year to this year was outstanding. And, yeah. and I, I give Knighton a ton of credit for that. Um, yeah. yeah. What what are here's here's a guy that's been kind of controversial around the fan base on the back end. Tommy Hill. What what do you think of Tommy Hill? I thought he had a fantastic second half of the season. I think Tommy Hill's a dog. I think Tommy Hill is it's all about his mental and how he approaches the game. You could tell he's a guy that's a little bit kind of like myself where um might be too hype for some games. Um you might need to just like, you know, uh drink some chamomile tea instead of coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, but I think he's he's getting into it, bro, and I think the game's just going to slow super down for him this year. He's going to be able to see those formations, knows what plays is coming. He's going to be able to make a lot of plays this year. And, you know, he's no longer trying to play both sides of the ball. I mean, the last two years, they threw him out on offense occasionally, so right. Um, I, th- I think not trying to learn both sides of the ball is going to help him a ton. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I'm watching the game at the same time, and the, the fucking 49ers, they keep pulling back. They keep climbing back into this game. We were talking right oh, before. Oh, yeah, they ended right. I, yeah, they just scored a touchdown. Ayuk uh, just just caught a, about a 10-yard tutty from uh, Purdy. You're about eight seconds ahead of me. Oh, so, sorry. Sorry to ruin it for everybody. I'm just trying to get the Lions into the Super Bowl here. I think we all want to see that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. bro, I mean – I want to see whoever's going to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> right. We we grew up with the bags on the head lions, so this is a whole different – We I don't even know if we used to this yet. Uh, no, I, I'm not because uh, I'm, I'm still not used to seeing the Honolulu Blue in the playoffs. I'm used to seeing that right. with like six wins next to their name right. all year. Right. Um, Ky- Kyron, who, who on the offensive side of the ball impressed you this year for Nebraska? On the offensive side of the ball, who impressed me? I know that's a tough question considering they average like 16 points a game, but. Dude, I'm not going to, I mean, because I love all the young dudes, right? I think they all are doing a great job, and I don't want to point out anybody or leave anybody out because I know how that can be. Um, I would say they all did a great job for what having a new coach and for um, everything that was getting thrown at them from the outside too. Because I think of what a lot of people don't see it's a lot of shit that goes on from the outside. I mean, from the media to your classmates to mm-hmm. fucking fans following you to class. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a lot that comes with that, you know? So, um, I think uh, all those dudes impressed me. They're all great. Um, I'm really hyped. Like, one of my dogs is Thomas Fedoni. He's probably mm-hmm. one that I'm closest to. Um, I'm hyped to see him just be that number one tight end in the nation. Like, the dude's got some shit. Up his sleeve, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's one dude that I'm super proud of that I could probably name since I have a relationship with him. Yeah, I like Thomas. I I hope I 
this year you felt bad for him. You could tell that he obviously hadn't played in a while with the injuries, but you know, Malachi was a dog in terms of, of blocking on the outside. He was great there. Uh, the guy who surprised me the most on the offensive side of the ball, though, like from a, an explosion standpoint, was Jalen Lloyd. Um, I yes. did not expect what Jalen was able to put together. I would just, I think there's so much talent on that side of the ball. They just got to put it together. Yeah, and I mean, I love Jalen. I just want to see that development for them doing anything outside of just going deep, right? I think there's mm-hmm. a that, but I think when you look at teams that do a great job at it, like the Ohio States, instead of taking that guy on a deep route, let's take him on a drag. Let's get him open on some drags and just different things just to get the ball in their hands. But then again, it comes back to our conversation at the beginning of, the, of the, this you know, podcast, development. We got to develop guys to be able to do those do those different types of things. Mm-hmm. For sure. Ryan, you, you played a lot of football at your time at Nebraska. You played, you know, you played in the pros as well. Who was at your time in Nebraska? Who was some or a couple of the best athletes you played against on the offensive side of the ball? I know you mentioned Saquon earlier, who is a fucking freak. Yeah, he but was. Is there anyone else that that comes to mind? Bro, he was crazy. Um, he was super crazy. Alvin Kamar, crazy. Josh Dobbs could make any throw. I mean, we played golf. I mean, golf, you see what he's doing right now. Yep. With the, he make any Just throw. dropping dimes all over the field. You got to play against Josh Allen too, right? Yeah, yeah, I got a Josh Allen pick. Uh, I wish I knew where that football was. <laughs> I'd probably sell it right now. Nick no, Gary gave his back. <laughs> Um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it was some. We played against some. We, we played, got a chance to play against some guys, man. I mean, and I didn't get a chance to play against this dude, but I got a chance to witness Melvin Gordon go for like 460 in three quarters. So, like, that was like one of the <laughs> I've ever witnessed in my life. That that one still hurts to this day. I went to work when you, you guys were up like 17 3 or something. Yeah. And, and I went to work and. <laughs> Late in the third quarter, I turned I turned it on at work. <laughs> you were you were probably like, "What just happened? I, how? Like <laughs> how?" There's there's a couple of those games with Wisconsin where I just turn around. I'm like, "How?" Uh, one of them is the Big Ten championship game um, after the Kenny Bell block. But yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you guys ran into some of those buzz saws occasionally. Yeah, man, the the probably the one that hurt the worst though was my junior year because we really felt like we could have got out of got a win out of that, and we had a lot of things that were going on internally as a team. I mean, me personally, my my grandmother had just passed like uh probably two weeks before that. We we played uh Purdue. I don't know if you guys remember. I probably almost had a hat trick that game. I dropped the third interception, but um. Yeah, my, my grandma passed that same game, and then we ended up going into Wisconsin. I think that was the following week, and just win the double OT, and uh, or not double OT, win the you know one OT, and we ended up losing just on something that we shouldn't have lost in. We should have just been in the right you know right defense and tackled that thing down. But you know, unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But hey, was was that the game in Lincoln? No, that was at Wisconsin. Was okay. At- because you guys went into OT in Lincoln with them too, right? Mm. Or did they just win on a late fourth quarter? I I just remember I remember a home game against them. Yeah, that would have been my senior year. That was a my pick six year. off a yeah. of, off a of divine shoulder. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Tanner Lee. No, no shots at Tanner. 
Shout out to Stanley. I didn't know if it was a shot. I'm not taking a shot. I just I remember that play specifically. No, no. I just remember bouncing off his shoulder. No, he's my Louisiana homie. I just got to talk shit. <laughs> they're most likely going to be starting a, a true freshman at quarterback this year with Dylan Riola coming in, who is yeah. uh, physically ex- extremely physically gifted. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully can get him in early enough. And, you know, he said he sounds like he wants to have the playbook at least pretty well mastered by by May, I believe, was his his um, estimate with the defense coming back with as much experience as they as they as they bring back. And that true freshman quarterback, what do you think the sky what do, what do you think the ceiling is for the team this year? I don't want to put any wins on it because um, these kids, they listen to it. Mm-hmm. I want them to do this best that they can. I want that game to move as slow for him as possible because it's college. It's not high school. They're going to be in two high. They're going to roll to one high. They're going to be in one high. They're going to roll to two. And Wisconsin is going to send the fucking kid kitchen sink at him. Oh, absolutely. You know, so um, I just want him to be confident. And I want the team to be, to have his back when shit does hit the fan because it's going to hit the fan. It's Big Ten football. Yeah. Um, I've always said Big Ten is the best conference that you can play in. Um, a lot of people try to say SEC, and I say fuck that. They only have three schools that really can do it for real. Um, the Big Ten, you can't sleep one week, you know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I think on the high end, those dudes, you know, they win about ten. I don't see them. I don't see them having a worse season than what they had last year, though. Yeah. Is there a team that you're really excited to see have to acclimate to the Big Ten out of those four coming in next season? It's, USC's because USC's coming right. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it's USC, I, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, I think USC and Oregon are going to be the two that that I want to see what they look like up front because mm-hmm. that is the biggest difference between the Big Ten. Like, those games are won and lost up front. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what those dudes do. I mean, I know Oregon, they always have a nasty D-line, but it's going to be, you know, interesting to see how their O-line plays against a Wisconsin D-line or an Iowa D-line or our, or our own D-line. Yeah. We got a nasty ass D line ourselves. Yeah, um, and Washington's going to look way different without DeBoer, obviously too. Yeah, that's going to be a different team. They're not going to like. I don't see them going back to the Natty. I think that just was a you know it's one of those years for them. Just like TCU, right? TCU got mm-hmm. caught buzz saw after they went to the national championship two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just catch lightning in a bottle in, in college sports. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, bro. And that and that's the beautiful thing about college sports. Any year can be you got your year, you know, it's just, it's about fucking putting in the work to make it your year. You know, I think it's wild looking back to that TCU team. How crazy is it that Max Dugan was not the starter game one after multiple years of the starter? Um, it's football, man. I've seen it happen to myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair um, enough. <laughs> it's football. I just, you know? A guy with that experience, I can't believe Sonny Dykes came in and tried to put him on the bench, and then he ends up leading you to the natty. Yeah, I mean, coaches have a very interesting job, and I think until you sit in that seat, it's a different seat. I think they have people that they are trying to appease, donors, mm-hmm. and they have bosses, right? You know, mm-hmm. so sometimes those decisions get look like it's them, but it might even be somebody else. You know, they just yeah. have to be make the decision, make the call. So still didn't give it to Duggan on the on the one yard line of the Big Twelve championship and cost him the Big Twelve title that year. Hey. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my take. 
Well, Kyron, uh, I don't think I got anything else. Drake, do you got anything else? No, Kyron, it, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Appreciate y'all, man. Man, thank y'all so much. And uh, uh, I just wish you guys all the success on you guys' podcast, man. Um, I'm all about ownership. Um, I own a brand. It's called Bet On Yourself, Bet On Yourself Clothing. We've been able to partner with Terrence Crawford, been able to partner with Gary V. Um, and we've been able to really do some really dope things in the community. Um, and we're going to be working with the local people's uh, city mission. So, um, yeah, just I'm all about ownership. And so congratulations to the things that you guys have done in blazing the trail um, and, and with the podcast that you guys have. So just congratulations, man. I wish all the, the, the most best success. Yeah, Kyron, hey, we appreciate you, man. it, man. And and also, we'll, I've seen a couple of your posts with your brand in it, too. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll gladly share that because you've, you've got some really, really cool shit that you make. So, um, we'll definitely get that shared for you. But uh, for Kyron Williams, for Drake, for myself, thanks for joining us tonight, everybody here on Church of the Corn. Have a great night, and we'll talk to everyone later. Good night. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. We gotta find a way to get that.